Good morning and welcome again to Antioch Community Church Brighton's virtual service. My name is John Lux and I have the privilege of serving here as the associate pastor. One of our values here at Antioch Community Church is that we value patient apprenticing. And one way I get to live that out uh, is that I, I get to apprentice people in the process of preaching. And so today's sermon was preached in parallel. And so um, Gene Kim uh, prepared this whole sermon in parallel with me this week as a, a teaching learning experience. And now you can watch Gene Kim preach this sermon uh, or her own version of it uh, at the same link to, the, to our YouTube channel where you found this video. I hope that you get a lot out of it. All right, and so we're right in the midst here of our second Timothy series called Fight the Good Fight. And Paul writes this letter to Timothy, encouraging and challenging him to be faithful to the true gospel, to be faithful to true and right doctrine, fight the good fight. And last week, we looked at Paul's argument against the selfish Christianity of false teachers who were in, in Timothy's area. Now, what did Paul call it? He called it a form of godliness, but denying its power. And we explored the way that your spouse, your children, your roommates, uh, as much stress as they may bring into your life, they are God's plan to root out selfishness in your life. And in fact, we can actually say that your spouse or your roommate or your children Anything they do that comes into conflict with your selfish desire is filling your life with power. If you're not getting what you selfishly want in life, praise God! <laughs> Amen? Because that's kingdom power happening in your life. All right, and in this week, we're in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. And Paul is still doing the same thing he has been doing through this whole sermon series. He's exhorting Timothy not to sell out on the true gospel, to be faithful to the scriptures and to be faithful to the true gospel about Jesus. Now, in this section, he introduces a new reason why Timothy should remain faithful to the gospel. And here's what he says. I'm going to quote it. He says, But as for you, Timothy... Continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Now check out why. Because you know those from whom you have learned it. Wow. Because you know those from whom you have learned it. Now Paul is stating here that knowing each other deeply in Christian community, in church community, actually strengthens us in holding fast to the gospel. And furthermore, what Paul means here by knowing is knowing the patient sufferings and persecutions of someone else's life. All right? And uh, just this week as I was preparing the sermon, I got a text message, and here's what it said. Hi, John. I couldn't help but wish that I could hear the testimonies of the power of an unselfish marriage, the power of an unselfish parenthood, and the power of an unselfish life lived for other people. I don't know if there's a way to share that with the church, but it would probably be really encouraging. You're darn right it would be really encouraging. Man, this is the exact thing that Paul is doing here in 2 Timothy chapter 3. All right, let's take a look at our passage today. Why don't you go and get your paper Bible? Fun fact, 
scientifically proven, it is scientifically proven that it will increase your understanding of the text to read it on paper as compared with a screen. You can contact me if you'd like the bibliography on that, but it's for real. Plus, you can't get distracted by TikTok from your paper Bible. Just saying. All right? Fight the good fight, Antioch. Okay, here we go. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 10 through 17. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kind of things happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evildoers and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Wow. Now look at this relationship between Paul and Timothy. Paul who's writing the letter and Timothy who's reading it. Now there's an element of apprenticeship here, right? This idea that Timothy learned ministry by spending time intentionally with Paul. And deeper in that, we can see that there was a real sharing of life. Not a sharing of information, but a sharing of life. And the suffering that Paul talks about in these cities, uh, Timothy wasn't even there for. And yes, Let's all acknowledge that <laughs> the suffering in Antioch, hopefully you're not suffering too bad in Antioch today, um, but the suffering that Paul experienced in Iconium, Lystra, and Antioch, Timothy wasn't there for it. He would have had to tell Timothy about it during the experience of shared ministry. All right? Now, listen to what Paul says here. Quote, In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now contrast this with what Paul said last week about the false teachers. Everything they did was about satisfying their selfish desires. Everything they did was about uh, exploitative ministry style. But Paul says everyone who wants to live, live a godly life for Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now the suffering in Paul's life was suffering for Jesus, suffering for the true gospel. And he writes this letter from prison preparing to die for that very reason. Now, I wasn't very much like Paul, but I did serve as a missionary for a period of time in North Africa. And while I was there, I, I was really lucky. I had exposure to a variety of underground churches. And they had a lot of different responses to persecution. In some of them, when one of the believers was persecuted, they'd come back to the church meeting and the conversation felt a little bit like this, like, oh man, oh, what a bummer that that happened to you. I'm so sorry that you made this mistake that caused this persecution to happen in your life. I wish you had known better than this or this or this choice that you made that resulted in persecution. But I was also part of other groups in which persecution was a badge of honor. And I can remember one meeting I was in where a young man came back and explained, yeah, gosh, this week 
Uh, I was picked up and interrogated by the police about these things. And I hope I did the right thing. I don't know. I'm feeling really scared. I don't, I don't know what happened. And man, the way he was received by these other, other believers in community, they were basically like, hey, forget about that. Now you're a real man. And I can remember a sister in that same group. They're like, oh, you were tested and you've been proved true. Now you're really our sister in Christ at a new level. Praise God. And the way that they responded to persecution was the key. Persecution itself doesn't bring anything good. The way the church responds to persecution brings something good. And in Paul's case, the suffering he's pointing to was for Jesus. And listen to it again, how he says it. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you have learned it. And he's pointing to not just the persecution in his life, but the, the pattern of suffering, this place of really being known. Now, Clark Zombricker challenged us not to ghost the gospel, right? And here Paul is saying that one key way that we do that is with deep relationships, opening ourselves up to really know other people, not wishing they would come and connect with us, but reaching out to get to know them finding out and understanding their journey. Now, in my own life, I, during that time when I was a missionary, yes, there was some dimension of suffering for the name of Jesus and choices that I made together with my team. But if I'm honest, the greater sufferings during that time was a, was a deep feeling of painful loneliness. I mean, just feeling like nobody understood me at all because of the language barrier and different pieces of life. And knowing me at some dimension is going to require understanding that piece of my life. Now, now I don't demand from other people to be known in that way, but, but when, the, when the opportunity comes, I want to be known in those places. And all of us have opportunity to either choose the shallow relationship, which is, man, so-and-so is a great guy. When I see him at church, he makes me feel like a great guy. Man, that's valid, but that is not the expression of Christian depth in relationship that Paul says will build a fabric that keeps us faithful to the gospel. You tracking with me? That, that doesn't qualify at all times for because you know those from whom you've learned it as a way of, as a reason for being faithful to the gospel. All right? Because we have the opportunity to choose deep relationships and we have the opportunity to choose shallow relationships. That's true with our roommates. That's true in our workplace. That's even true in our families. We can choose depth or we can choose shallowness. Now, not every place of hurt or persecution in your life is something you're ready to share about. Absolutely. That is 100% true. And I don't want to put you in any situation where you feel like like it's mandatory for you to take a big risk relationally and share a piece of suffering in your life that other people aren't ready to understand. I'm not asking you to do that. But I also believe that as you consider who you are and as you seek to really know people who they are, that there would be appropriate places where you can share the narrowness of your life, the things that broke off selfishness in your, in your journey. To share the places of suffering that if someone knew them, they might really know you. 
And yes, there's a distinction between persecution, which is suffering for Jesus, and the suffering that is uh, incumbent and built into all human life. And if you've been persecuted, uh, if you've taken a stand for Jesus and suffered the consequences, been rejected or, or, or uh, suffered loss in your work life, we want to know because we want to celebrate that. But at the same time, we also want the depth of knowing one another's suffering in life. Not the shallow thing, but the deep thing where you knew that painful place in my life and the way that what Paul says, Christ delivered us from them all. You might still be in the midst of it, just like Paul who's still in prison. But he says, he said, but God delivered me from them all. And he's testifying that in the midst of him still being in prison. Now that's the same deal for us, sharing that place of, uh, of pain, that place of suffering in our life and, and moving into the place of death. Because in the place of depth of relationship, we hold each other to the truth of the gospel. Listen to what it says here. It says, uh, which you have known from infancy, Hala at your children's ministry. It, in Jewish tradition, five years old was the beginning point to memorize the scriptures, which you have known from infancy, it says. It says, all scripture is God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, the word of God is powerful. But guess what? All of those things I just listed, teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, These are things that don't just happen, uh, information transfer from a book. They're things that happen when the truth of the Bible and depth of community intersect in different places, at different levels, where depth of community and the truths of Scripture interact and hold us fast to the truth of the gospel. And Scripture is God-breathed. It's full of power. And in a community like ours, when we hold to the stated value of sharing life, we have a fabric and depth in in community that allows us to go to depth in the scriptures together, just as Paul talks about. And that's the thing that we're going to do today at 1145. I want to invite you to come back to the same link that you clicked on to get to the church service this morning and join us. We're going to be in small groups, and these small groups will be facilitated by, uh, by our staff, by our elders, and by our zone leaders. The, the, the leaders in this church that I trust the most to make sure that that environment is safe and caring. And it's interesting, we're not even going to make it a ministry environment where we're going to, tr- where we're going to deeply pray into or, or, or try to do something about the suffering that has happened in your life. Really, this is a time to, to hear and understand other people, to give the dignity of being heard to one another in this church. And so I want to invite you to be a part of that. Come and share a piece of your life. Come and hear a piece of someone else's life to really know them. Because we can love one another in the midst of that. That's real community. That's sharing life. All right, I'm going to pray uh, and close our time. Lord Jesus, We need grace to do this well. We need grace to apprentice and to establish what Paul and Timothy had. Lord, we need grace from heaven to hold fast to the scriptures. And Lord, we need grace from heaven to to, to develop a fabric of community with one another uh, that that contends for teaching, rebuking, and releasing all the God-breathed power of the scriptures. Hold us fast, Lord Jesus, to the truth of the gospel. 
And Lord, let us be able to say that we know those from whom we learned it as we taught and encouraged one another from the scriptures at this church. In the name of Jesus, amen. God bless you, Antioch.